welcome to this week's podcast on Travel Radio. I'm Mariah Chapa, and here's my mom. Thanks, babe, for doing the introduction to the podcast this week. We are all here in the house together, so it's fun to include the kids sometimes on the podcast. We've been on very few, but I've been you, on more. Yeah, you've been on Joey. a couple. Mm-hmm. More than Joey. And very loquacious. So, you know, we get a lot of input when they are on the podcast. It helps me when I use bigger words than you know, so you can't respond. <laughs> hey, where's your favorite trip been since we've been living in the UK? Mm, hard question. Um, one of my favorite ones was probably... They're all my favorite, but um, we've been more fossil hunting than any other place. Mm-hmm. And So England... Trips yeah. to England to the beach to hunt for fossils. Mm-hmm. And the beach. Um, also, Canary Islands was really nice. You should take Queen Mary, too, if you're looking for a really good Oh, cruise. my gosh. You sound like such a spoiled, well-traveled baby girl when you say all those things. <laughs> okay. Sorry. All right. Um, say... Canary Islands, things like that. We got to go up to a top of a volcano where they cooked food. That was cool. Yeah, that was cool. That was I was dying to eat one of those things, but but we didn't eat anything. We just took a muffin and went. All right, now mm. you have some homeschooling to do, right? Mm-hmm. Time right, for learning. Say it's time for learning. Goodbye. It's time for learning, which is actually what it's called. So. Okay, say Bye. goodbye. Bye. See you next time. <laughs> Bye. Okay, and just some housekeeping before we get into this week's episode. Um, Spain has let their children out to play now. Children under 15 can go out with a parent to play for one hour at a time, which is great. It means Spain, who is one of the hardest hit European countries, is bouncing back and you know looking for ways to start coming out of this isolation period. So Spain, you're one of our favorite countries, so we're really pulling for you, and I wish you guys the best, and I look forward to hearing more good news come out of your country as things hopefully start to take more of a normal shape in your daily lives. And then for me, for some housekeeping and updates, I'm going to start um, some giveaways, which are exciting as a thank you to listeners and thank you to suppliers and people that have and travel agents that have been on the podcast. So more updates on that next week as I need to um, finalize things with with the company that's going to be doing some of these promotional items for me. But mostly I'm calling them my margarita cups because I find that I'm drinking a lot of margaritas out of them. They're these double-walled stainless steel insulated tumblers, and uh, it's, it's great, and I drink too many margaritas out of them. So anyway, I'm going to be giving away some of them. They'll say hashtag travel dreaming. It'll have our nice travel radio podcast logo out there. And um, just to start off, anyone that um, leaves a review for the podcast, especially on iTunes um, or any of the other platforms, I won't be able to necessarily see it right away. So take a screenshot and send it to info at travelradiopodcast.com. If you sign up for the newsletter, if you subscribe, just start screenshotting things and send them to info at travelradiopodcast.com and that will get you an entry. Also, I'm going to try to get a landing page up soon so you can uh, win that way. And then also for any of my guests, if you sign up for newsletters or like their pages, um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give you an entry that way too. And then we'll be probably picking a winner. I'm not going to say, well, maybe next week. We'll see. 
details to come. But starting today, which is the 27th of April, entries from today will be entered into the drawing. And then some of my guests have also agreed to give us some pretty awesome prizes. So we'll be doing that. It's going to be like, you know, I don't want to use the word schmopra. But, you know, it rhymes with Shmopra. I want to be the Shmopra of travel podcasts. So we'll be giving some stuff away. And that'll be exciting. And hopefully just, you know, create some excitement in the world of travel as things are a little dismal. But as we saw in Spain, things are starting to come around. And there is hope that we'll all be out there again. And that the people in the places we love are are starting to recover. And we wish all of them the best. So here we go. Without further ado, this week is on planning the exceptional sabbatical. Welcome and enjoy this week's episode of Travel Radio Podcast. Hello and welcome to Travel Radio. I am your host, Megan Chapa, and today I am privileged to welcome a new guest, Susie Chow. Welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, I'm happy to have you because I have wanted to do this topic for a while. So first, would you take a minute to introduce yourself to the listeners? Sure. So my name is Susie Chow, and I help high-achieving professionals avoid burnout and renew their zest for life by planning transformative trips from vacations all the way up through sabbaticals. And my background is that I was a management consultant for 13 years. And during that time, I took a couple month-long sabbaticals and one year-long sabbatical. And that really helped me bring my best self to work and to life. And so I really enjoy helping people to achieve that work-life balance, um, which may be a trigger to some people just even hearing that term. But Mm. I do think that um, it it, it is absolutely something that you can strive for if you make that a priority. So um, in having those experiences with, with traveling all over the world, I decided to start my own travel agency back in 2016. So I've been working on that and just really enjoy working with individuals to personalize their travel experiences so they get the most out of it. Nice. If people want to surf the web while listening, how can people find you? Sure. My company name is Carpe Diem Traveler. And for those that are not American, that's Traveler with one L. And I'm Carpe Diem Traveler on uh, Instagram, Facebook. And um, those are probably the two platforms that's best to find me at. Okay, great. Yeah, I will. If you are on the uh, Travel Radio Podcast website, if you see Susie's smiling face in the top right corner, you can click on her face and all of her information will be there. And so you can just click right through if you don't know how to spell Carpe Diem or any of that. All right. Well, let's get into today's topic. What are we calling this podcast today, Susie? I am going to share how to plan the exceptional sabbatical. All right. Let's get into this. All right. So um, my thoughts are that as people are trapped in, so I think this episode, you're going to hear this maybe a week and a half, two weeks after I've recorded it. But by that point, if we're all stuck inside, people are going to be either thinking, hey, it's time for me to plan a sabbatical or it's time for me to change careers. And maybe they have a block of time to plan for future travel. What do you think? What do you think is going to happen after this? 
I think that using uh, to, to what you were saying, I completely agree that this is a very unique time that you can use to be able to reflect on where you are happy in life, where you're dissatisfied in life, what your priorities are. And it really forces people to do some reflection because you can't just cover it up by being busy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, we have been running a million miles an hour and especially the people that I help who are, you know, very professionally minded, a lot of their identity comes from the work that they do. And they are so wrapped up in the day to day that this forces that very stark change. And I think that that is coming as a shock to people. Um, You know, as of the point that we're recording this, I I feel the general pulse is that people are working through that right now. I imagine in probably when this airs, people will be more in a state of acceptance of the situation that we're in Mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. And that's the point at which I think that you can start mentally wrapping your head around, okay, well, how do I make this situation that might not be so great into a positive one where I can use it to use it as an opportunity to make changes in my life. And Mm -hmm. with sabbaticals, Although I generally uh, advocate for traveling uh, on sabbatical just because you get even more benefits from the change in environment and, you know, meeting new people, all of the, the fun challenges that come with traveling, just breaking your, um, your habits and your routines and forcing you to communicate um, differently or even just getting from point A to point B, that's, that's something Mm. that is, Mm -hmm. you know, you, you do have to think about versus your programming. Um, you know, you don't have to think about how you go to work every day. It's just a second nature. It's true. Sometimes you just auto drive yourself to the place and you meant to go somewhere else. That's right. (laughs) You don't even (laughs) think about it. So one of the things though, that I think people can use this time for, um, you know, aside from it, and I think that we'll get more into the dreaming aspect of it, but seeing it as a positive that your routines are being broken. Mm-hmm. And just by mm-hmm. that change alone, that allows you to form new habits. And those habits are what can, if you do that in a positive way, changing those everyday habits, those little, little things, that's what can lead you to a life that you really want. Mm. Um, So even though this is a forced sabbatical, if you will, for everybody, um, you can, you can take advantage of some of those, those positives. Um, And I do think that it's going to, as I said before, force that reflection and perhaps you may find in that thinking, um, as you think through your priorities, that maybe you do need that longer sabbatical where you can dig into either new projects or 
bigger life changes, some of those things that you don't want to wait until you retire to do because, you know, if that's another 20, 30, 40 years from now, that's mm-hmm. a long time and life is short. So I'm all, you know, hence Carpe Diem, I'm all about um, seizing the day and really making the changes that you want in your life happen. And those aren't always easy, but it, it does, it does require effort um, Mm -hmm. in order to, in order to see and create that life you want. Yeah. So what I imagine is happening to some people right now is that they've been thinking about a sabbatical of their choosing, not the one that they're in now, or they've been thinking about a career change and they've, they've been forced now to be on this work from home type situation and that there might be other little stresses like your children constantly interrupting, trying to homeschool them or these mm-hmm. other things that are happening. And you still have that project to do at work that you just don't want to do or that you would love to want to do, but you're just not excited for your job anymore. And so maybe a sabbatical has been looming out there, but you haven't taken the opportunity. And I'm thinking that this might just seal the deal that someone's like, yep, I want a sabbatical on my own terms. And it's going to motivate them to get done the project that's in front of them and, you know, plan that longer term, uh, the right time, the right place, the right atmosphere Mm -hmm. sabbatical. And so that's what I want to, you know, get into with you. So what were the circumstances that you were under when you took your first sabbatical? So my first month, my first sabbatical was a month long sabbatical and I was just so stressed at work. I mean, classic, like crying in the bathroom, mm-hmm. um, in being a management consultant is, is a very it's a high pressure, high stress job. I get it. Um, I understand, you know, for the listeners out there that are in a similar type of job, it's a lot mm-hmm. and there really isn't any true reprieve from that, you know, you have to draw your own boundaries and create that for yourself. And I was still fairly early on in my career and trying to figure out what that looks like. Um, and so I was fortunate enough to be able to take a month in between projects that I was working or clients that I was working for. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so that worked out really well, but I would say the more interesting story would be our year-long, um, our meaning my husband and I, we took a year-long sabbatical, and that was sort of a taking, making lemonade out of lemons situation. Okay. So the company that my husband was working for, they got acquired by a larger company, and they uh, closed the, I'm based in Chicago, they closed the Chicago headquarters. We didn't want to relocate. So we had a conversation and I said to him, well, you have to find a new job anyway. You can find that new job now or you can find that new job later. So <laughs> I, I, I think this is comical for later. <laughs> because I know where you're going with this. You advocated for later. You didn't want to move. But then... Where did you actually go for an entire year? 
we ended up going to all seven continents, which was not the plan. So we originally (laughs) set out to just do Asia. And then uh, we came back for a friend's wedding and Christmas. And then we were going to do South America and Europe. And and that was going to be it. Um, But plans change. (laughs) And got some deals, some flight deals. And one thing led to another. And after we ended up going to Antarctica, we had to at least touch touch down in Africa um, to to make it a full seven because six continents in a year just doesn't have the same ring to it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So let's talk about, I mean, when people talk about going on sabbatical, they do not think about going to Mongolia and living with the local peoples um, or Antarctica. So let's talk about how those specifically those two experiences, because they're just off, you know, kind of off the wall, I think, for the average person thinking about a sabbatical, how those changed you? Uh, yeah, both in very different ways. And they're the two highlights of the trip. So Mongolia was actually our first destination. So we went, we dove right in. And the reason for that. I was intrigued by Mongolia. I had a friend who was in the Peace Corps and lived there for a couple years. So I heard these Mm. fascinating stories Mm -hmm. about this place that still had real nomads and lived in tents. And I said, I have to go there. But it's because it's not a place that I might choose for a one or two week vacation, but a sabbatical. Well, that's that's a perfect excuse to go to these places Mm. that you may not go to otherwise. Yeah. So we left on our trip at the very end of August and it starts getting very cold in Mongolia about mid-September. So we knew that we were going to have to go there first in order to not be frozen while we were there. Right. So we flew from the U.S. straight to Mongolia and we first started our trip. Um, we didn't have anything planned other than our first night accommodation, which is very unlike me. But we went full on round the world trip um, type of advice and just said, we'll, we'll play this by ear. We'll figure it out as we go along. How did that go so for very, you? <laughs> um, it was good. And we... We found our stride, I would say, in general. We planned about, on average, two weeks ahead of time. Okay. Sometimes more, sometimes less. But That would kill some people. Oh, it it absolutely would. And that's why you have your job. Yeah. Okay. Right, right. Exactly. You you have to have the right personality. Um, And I think I'm a bit more go with the flow than my husband is, so... There, there's all sorts of things that we, we learned about each other as a couple um, mm. on this experience. Sure. <laughs> but, um, so we touched down. We got to Mongolia in the evening. We woke up in the morning. We were staying in a guest house, and we met some people, and they said, oh, we're going on a Gobi Des- seven-day Gobi Desert tour. And we're leaving this morning. Do you want to come and join us? And we said, sure. Uh, <laughs> sure. <laughs> so we packed up our things and we headed off in the Russian van down oh to the Gobi Desert for seven amazing. days with new friends. Um, and that was that was just incredible. 
Um, but I would say the, the real highlight, um, and highlight, and I, I say highlight, but it was also the most challenging and most outside of my comfort zone that I have probably ever been in my entire life Mm -hmm. was we did a nine day trip, um, to the Northern part of Mongolia where we lived with a nomadic family and this nomadic family didn't speak any English. I mean, not even a hello. Mm. And we went through, there is a company called Gare to Gare, um, spelled G E R, um, kind of like yurt. It's the Mongolian word for yurt. Mm-hmm. And so they match, uh, travelers up with nomadic families and you take local buses. Um, so we were on this overnight bus with potatoes in the, in the aisles of the bus awesome. <laughs> and stopping up you can't even describe it as a, a rest area along the way. It, it was, it was as far outside my comfort zone as possible. And they give you like a tent that a uh, regular camping tent that you can set up. So you're not physically in the same tent um, as the family, but you help out with, I mean, herding goats. Uh, I milked a yak which I didn't even know you could do. I was very terrible at new it. Skills. They got a good laugh. <laughs> was good. that? I said you have new skills. <laughs> um, yeah, new skills. Exactly. <laughs> That's going to help me with my life here in Chicago. But <laughs> it was it was just fascinating to see how resourceful they were, what their way of life was, how happy they were, how much they shared with their local community. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, um, they had a bunch of meat, for example, they invited what seemed like all of their neighbors, not that you could see them, but they have a network. They actually have phones that work. Um, and so they called each other up and had a big feast and it was just really, really fascinating to see that way of life. Mm-hmm. That is so starkly and drastically different than, than my, my life. Um, but it's, they're both beautiful and they're both wonderful in very different ways. Awesome. So then what about, what'd you take away from Antarctica? Was it a short trip? Antarctica. So we did the classic, I would say what is most common is about an 11 day trip, um, sailing the, the Drake passage. Mm -hmm. So from, Ushuaia, Argentina, the very southern tip of Argentina. Mm-hmm. It takes a couple of days to get to the Antarctic Peninsula and very, very rough seas. Mm-hmm. We were relatively lucky, but it, it was still rough. Um, we were pretty much for those two days just laying in our beds unless we were either eating or they would have educational lectures that were really fascinating. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's all totally, totally worth it. Once you get to the peninsula, it's the most magical place. And I don't use that word lightly magical. Uh, It's, it's just the most pristine environment that and that I've ever been in, it's otherworldly. It doesn't feel because you're really 
just there amongst nature with only the people that are on your boat experiencing this vast, vast space where icebergs just jut out of the water, mountains jut out of the water. And you don't, you can't even comprehend the scale of everything unless you see maybe another ship in the distance Mm -hmm. or an animal. Um, You're just, when you go on land, you're surrounded by penguins and when you're out on the little Zodiac boats, and at one point we were surrounded by a pot of about six whales. And Ooh. that is the most peaceful moment I have ever had in my life. Just sitting in silence and seeing the whale tails and them spout the water. And it was, I mean, they were just so close to us and it, was incredible, absolutely incredible. And I think that what I took away from Antarctica, I think is, is a new appreciation for nature and just our world as a whole. And that places like this do exist and being able and feeling so blessed to be able to see that with my own eyes. Um, I have, of course, uh, a different perspective than before on climate change and, and how everything is just so interrelated. Um, and I really enjoyed the educational aspect of the trip. Um, there was there were experts on board that talked about uh, the geology, of course, the wildlife, the history, the early explorers and that was fascinating mm. to to hear about um but also I met some you know we both met really good friends that we still keep in touch with because oh, cool. you're on a ship for you know 11 days all together sharing these incredible experiences and sure and this is a small ship people bond. it's not a cruise ship this is right intimate it's an expedition ship um yeah. so yeah, there's no water slides or anything fancy, that's for sure. Oh, <laughs> that's not why you're going on this <laughs> ship. But <laughs> you're but making still, friends. Right. It's still uh, really, it's a special, very, very special experience. Can't recommend it enough. So then, um, just out of curiosity, as far as gear goes, did they provide you with like warm gear or did they give you like a kind of a shopping list? They. So for the ship that I was on, some it depends on the company. Some do give you parkas. Mm-hmm. Um, generally, though, you do have to bring your own waterproof pants and gloves. Mm-hmm. We rented those. So when okay. we were down in Ushuaia, we were able to rent them, which was perfect because we definitely did not want to be packing those um during uh, your long trip. So sure, that sure. worked out really well. Yeah, good. Although I was going to say, I mean, you're in the Chicago area. You could definitely use them because you guys oh, de- get yeah. some snow. And that's, that's the thing. Most people, one of the key questions I get is, how cold was it? And I said, well, so this was in February it was way colder in Chicago at the same time that we were in Antarctica because it's their summer, which means, I mean, for us, we had excellent weather. It was in the thirties, sunny most days. Great. We were 
very lucky. So it seemed it seemed wonderful. <laughs> really not a big deal for us. Yeah. Okay, good. So then as far as your professional, you know, theory or mantra for planning sabbaticals, you know, what do you how do you go about this? Like what's your what's your game plan for your clients? In terms of how far to plan or um... you know, like what do you what do you want to help them with? What's your goal in planning their trip? Sure. So I I would say most people that I work with are doing a shorter term sabbatical. So maybe four to six weeks. And I work with a lot of people who are lucky enough to have a sabbatical benefit through their employer. Mm-hmm. Um, and even those that don't have that benefit, it's still achievable to get four weeks off, um, you know, with a little creativity of combining maybe some paid time off, unpaid time off, mm-hmm. or a leave of absence. Um, I actually got a leave of absence for my year-long sabbatical through work. So Great. it is possible. You just got to ask. Um, okay. So in terms of really planning that, if you are doing a shorter-term sabbatical, so something that's maybe less than two months, I do strongly recommend having that fairly planned out, um, still leaving plenty of opportunity for spontaneity and days that are unplanned. But in terms of your flights and accommodations, kind of those big bookend pieces of the trip, I, I recommend having that planned out so you don't Mm -hmm. have to worry because, Planning while you go just takes away from the experience. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I think that it, it's good to have a balance of that. Um, however, if we're talking about a sabbatical that would be, you know, more than two, three months, you can have some of the bones of that planned out. But I'm really open to working with those clients to be much more flexible because you don't know how you're going to feel after traveling for a few months. You can predict, but, you know, we, like I said, we were happy that we had the flexibility to make changes to our plans because that opened up some really amazing opportunities. For example, we were in Southeast Asia. We were going to pop over. We were in Thailand. We were going to go to um, Laos and Cambodia. Flights were just pricing out really expensive. Mm -hmm. And I found a crazy, crazy deal down to Australia, which um, I have friends in Melbourne and my husband has family in Brisbane. So we were able to visit family and friends that were not on our original radar or itinerary at all, but I'm so happy we did. And, you know, there's, and and we needed it at that time of the trip. So it was something that, you know, it's, it's finding that right balance. And it's also based on your personality too, and how much uncertainty you can handle (laughs) versus if you're super type A, like you're just going to want to have it all planned out and and that's okay. You know, you got to know yourself. um, Especially if you be more sane. Yeah. Especially if you want to go to a a country that might require a visa 
or if you yeah. want to stay longer than you know is permitted of without course. a visa yeah it's good to do some planning do you have people that call you on the road and say i think we want to change our plans can you can you work this out is that something that you come across i haven't gotten that request so far um because i do a lot of upfront vetting of yes. the clients to understand again what their personality is and trying to strike that right balance in the planning process mm-hmm, to not mm-hmm. have if, if they are somebody that likes and prefers more flexibility not blocking them in too much um so i haven't had that but you know all changes are possible um some may have financial impact sure. <laughs> depending on how things were booked and, and, and that, but um, you know, as long as that's a part of the conversation and decision-making process, it's, it's absolutely possible. Great. So how far are you in, in advance? Are you encouraging people to start planning their sabbatical out? I recommend if, if you want to have the planning process be, just a little bit at a time, nice and easy. I do recommend planning this a good year in advance. Mm-hmm. Um, it's entirely possible, especially if you're doing a short-term sabbatical, let's say it's you know, four weeks, it's entirely possible to do that in, in much less time. Sure. Especially because you don't have as many things, bigger life things, for example, if you're just leaving for a month, you're probably not going to do anything with your home. Um, but if you're leaving for a year, you probably will want somebody, you know, either you're going to rent out your place or stop your lease. I mean, we, for us, we ended our lease. Um, we were renting at the time and put all of our stuff in storage. You know, that, that all takes a lot of time to, sure. to figure out what the best options are and, and go through that. But for a shorter term sabbatical, I mean, you can do it in less time. I still, a lot of it is, is kind of similar to planning a, on the trip side of things, planning yeah. a regular vacation yep. where if you want to go to, let's say Europe in summer. You um, got to do that early. Not talk, yeah, exactly. I mean, if you want the best availability, um, you're, you're going to want to plan that a year in advance anyway. Um, yeah, absolutely. regardless of if it's two weeks or four weeks. Um, so that, that's a factor too. Yeah. But which let's take a minute right now to encourage people who may have had plans to travel this summer that, mm-hmm. that got altered. I mean, you're, you're in the cycle now for next year and you know, if you continue saving, boom, bigger, better trip. So it's, it, right. This will work out. You're just in the, you're yeah. just in the cycle for next year and that's all right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that getting to that place of acceptance, um, is, is important and also having something, especially for the travel enthusiasts out there that are just feeling pretty bummed about their plans being altered and just their ability to travel being instantly taken away, you know, that that's hard. And mm-hmm. if you're still 
grieving the loss of trips that you, you know, were going to take or had planned, you know, that's okay. Like still work through that. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. You know, but once you get kind of to that point of acceptance, then it's time to dream and time to think about and use this slow down period where you can be very intentional about where you want to go and maybe put together a longer term plan of places that you are dreaming about going that you want to prioritize. Yeah, it's time to make the list. You've got time to sit. And if you have (laughs) children, get them involved. And if they don't know, if they have no idea, start asking, asking them some of the things they like to do. And there are countries and places that do those things, even if it's domestically. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a good time to dream. Exactly. Great. And then um, what are some of the favorite destinations or experiences that you've been able to send your clients on? So I have really enjoyed sending, of course, people to Antarctica because that that's just my, my happy place and yeah. my personal favorite destination. Um, so I've sent quite a few clients there. And in terms of other um, maybe sabbatical locations, I just had a family come back early February from Hawaii, and they had two little kids, um, and that was just the perfect destination for them to really relax and enjoy mm-hmm. each other's company as, as a family. And, I mean, Hawaii, you can't go wrong at yeah. any point. I do a lot of Europe. I think that that's also perfect um to it's a perfect destination from from chicago the u.s it's easy um from a flight standpoint and you can just get so many cultures all all together very easy um to hop around similarly southeast asia especially for sabbatical southeast asia is a really wonderful destination to go to because of the the currency exchange rate, you just get great value. You can travel in a way that's very, very comfortable, but still a, a low cost. And mm. there's just so much culture and amazing food. And, you know, that's one of um, the other places that I think is excellent. And then yeah. the last one I'll mention is Australia, New Zealand. That's another popular one for sabbaticals um, just because the travel time, my clients being um, American, travel time getting down there is really You lengthy. burn commute time, so, yeah. Right, right. So the longer you have, the better. Yes. And it's huge. It is just shy of the United States, but like, I don't right. know, I'm going to get it wrong, but like 30,000 acres, 40,000 acres, it's huge. So mm-hmm. you need the time. You need the time. Yeah, yeah. So what kind of feedback have you received when your clients come back? I think that one of the common denominators is the quality time that they were able to spend with their their travel buddies, um, whether that's a family or a couple or even, even just solo um, travelers. They have been able to really take the time to reflect. Um, and that has been invaluable to them to be able to 
really assess the priorities in their life. Um, maybe sure. they've gotten some, you know, some have gotten big ideas. Is, yeah, I like to call them, you know, shower moments where you're not thinking about things um, actively, but yet ideas come exactly because you aren't thinking about it and mm-hmm. trying to figure out the problem. Um, so you have a renewed sense of, of clarity just about life, but also, you know, maybe some of those bigger questions that you've been trying to figure out, um, but the connection happens. Come. Yeah. Awesome. Right. Right. Exactly. Um, and I think again, what I was mentioning earlier with breaking the routines, they, and, and one of the things that I do help people with, you know, not just the, travel aspect of planning a sabbatical, but more holistically. So I help you prepare um, and my clients prepare personally, uh, professionally, even to be able to transition work um, so they can fully disconnect during their sabbatical, helping them, you know, financially figure out budgets, things like that. But then I also help on the mental side of things. And especially the piece that a lot of people don't think about is, the return back and okay, mm-hmm. so you've had this amazing experience. Now what, what do you do? Right. How do you keep the sabbatical vibes flowing? And the big thing for, for me um, personally, but also that I help my clients with is identifying the, the biggest takeaways and how you can work that into your, you know, quote unquote, regular life. Um, to be more of an ongoing thing and taking the, the best parts of the sabbatical and figuring out how can you make that something that is a lasting part of your, your regular life. Um, and there's plenty of opportunities to do that. Uh, and that's where I really get the most joy because although it's amazing to plan this epic adventure, um, that's a relatively short period of time. The more important thing is what you do with that. Sure. Um, so that's really, really exciting to have those conversations with clients when they when they return. You know, it'd be cool. You should have like Susie's sabbatical podcast, and you should interview <laughs> your yeah, guests. I've thought about I've thought about uh, doing a podcast. It's it's on the radar. Well, we'll we can we'll brainstorm see. if you want to go that route because I think there's <laughs> I think there's good content there. It's interesting. I think one of the things that I would really love to share is just different people's who have taken a sabbatical, what their situation life situations are, because mm-hmm. I can talk about my own experiences and that might not resonate with some people. Um, but the more diversity of people that people hear from to say, okay, well, they were in this situation and then they still took a sabbatical. It's just showing that proof that it is possible. Mm -hmm. You just have to make it happen. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I help people through that process, but I do believe, you know, that it is possible for, the vast majority, I mean, probably everybody listening, um, it's not easy. You do have, there is um, a lot of steps, but if that's something that you really want to do, don't just write it off. 
if yeah. that's a little seed in your brain to say, oh, that, that would be great. You know, so many people, I share my story and they say, yeah, that's great, but I can't do that. I just don't have enough money or I can't get the time off of work, et cetera. It's very easy to quickly just dismiss the idea Sure. when it is, it is absolutely possible. You know, you can, you can, well, A, it's not as expensive as you might think it is. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, we went to all seven continents and, you know, including Antarctica, which was by far the most expensive trip that I had taken to date. Yeah. Um, and we did all of that on less than what we would normally spend just living in Chicago. And, um, I mean, yes, we live in a big city, so there's, that might be a higher cost. Um, than what you have for your living situation. Um, but we aren't living like crazy extravagant. Um, and it's all relative to your travel style and what you want to do. Well, um, and depending it, on where you pick, like, for example, right. if you pick Southeast Asia, maybe you get a great buy. And if you mm-hmm. are doing this one year out planning process, you have time to put things and processes in place that you could realistically make this happen. This is good stuff. So then, you know, I think that we've covered some great information and that's kind of the, you know, the conclusion of my formal questions I've planned for you. But is there something that I've forgotten or missed that you would like to put in the podcast before we close it out? I think building on what I was just saying is that it's, if, if it's a dream of yours to take a sabbatical, you owe it to yourself to explore that a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So, of course, you can reach out to me, just DM me um, or shoot me an email, Susie, S-U-S-I-E, at carpediumtraveler.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that the, the big thing that I'd love to leave people with is that what so personally my uh, the year long sabbatical gave me the the confidence and the clarity that i needed to make a bigger change in my life which was going from my you know secure outwardly seeming successful job as a consultant to taking that leap and that life risk of starting my own business And I don't think that I would have done that if it were not for taking that sabbatical, because that was the first big life departure from the, you know, the beaten path, if you will. Mm -hmm. And I'm so happy that I did that. And I think that so many people are unsatisfied with where they're at, but they've just accepted it, you know, well, you know, my job is fine. It pays the bills. Um, you know, that's okay, but you don't have to settle for that. Um, yeah, and again, you should at least dream, dream, right. dream the dream right. and then permission. see if you can plan it. Yes. Yeah. Right. Give yourself permission. And dreaming is like dream. hoping. I mean, yeah, there's yeah. anyway, it's good. People should let dream. the ideas flow. Absolutely. (laughs) So give yourself permission to dream, dream bigger than what you might be thinking for your life right now. You don't have to do things the way everybody else is doing. Um, If you have an idea that's been kind of burning 
in your brain for a while. Um, I know for years I wanted to do something in the travel industry and I didn't do it. Um, but now is an amazing time to, to just explore that a little bit more. Yeah. And um, even I think people are going to learn that they can work remotely, especially people right. that aren't like trying to homeschool children at the same time. Yeah. You can be productive and you could, and from another time zone, like if you were working in Europe or like where I am now, like my clients wake up and they're like, oh, look, there, you know, this has happened overnight magically. It's in my inbox because I'm working in a different time zone. It could be advantageous. So you could even mm-hmm. help someone plan that sort of thing, you know, get them into a city with great internet connectivity where they can explore on their, you know, on the, the day, the time when the working hours don't overlap and work remotely. Yeah. That could be another cool thing. I don't know. It's good to dream. The possibilities are endless, guys. That's just, right. <laughs> <laughs> just just do a little dreaming. Um, we don't do enough of that in our lives because, again, we're so busy. Um, but now you're kind of not. So no excuses. Just, just noodle on this. Um, noodle on. And, yeah, just, just think about it. So I'd love to just leave it at that. And of course, if you have any questions specifically about um, sabbatical um, travel, I am I am here for you. Great. Well, I will have all of your information in the show notes, and also under your little picture under the guest profile, and uh, people can definitely get in contact with you there. And um, I just want to thank you so much for being on the podcast today. It's been wonderful. Thank you. It's been awesome. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. We'll uh, we'll figure out another topic to bring you back sometime soon, I hope. And um, Sounds good. Yeah. All right. Well, this is Megan Chapa of the Travel Radio Podcast saying good night. Good night.